John. Where are we? We're uh, on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) We are on the internet. We're streaming. We're streaming and we are uh, Mean Girls Interrupted is the show. Yes. And we review a movie. And today we are reviewing Amsterdam. We review and spoil. We synopsize and spoil this movie. Yeah, rotten, spoiled, dirty movie. Yeah, so if you like spoilers, I mean, they're coming up. Stay tuned. But if you hate spoilers, go watch the movie Amsterdam. It's on HBO Max right now for, I don't know how many people, for us, at least in the United States. Yeah, it was on, mine was on HBO Max. Same, 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 same. So And uh, stream it now. But so do that first if you hate spoilers, but make sure you come back immediately. Right, because before you go, you have to like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, but mostly follow, subscribe, rate, review. Also, don't forget, John, they can email us at meangirlsinterrupted at gmail.com and you guys can suggest a movie. You guys can suggest a movie for us to watch. We can't wait. We would love watching movies. It doesn't matter. Right. But we mostly like to be controlled by you. I love being controlled. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know who else likes being controlled? Um, David O. Russell. Yes. Who directed and wrote Amsterdam. And uh, he is of uh, kind of prestige movies. Such as American Hustle. Yeah. With Jennifer Lawrence. Bradley Cooper. And Bradley Cooper. And also Silver Linings Playbook. Also with Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper. Why was Jennifer Lawrence not in this one? And also Bradley Cooper. Maybe she was. I mean, maybe they were just over it. Busy? You think they're busy? (laughs) Maybe they were busy. Maybe they were asked. Maybe they they, uh, no longer. Maybe they just don't want to do another David O. Russell movie. Maybe. You know what I mean? That's probably it. Well, thing. I liked both of those movies. I liked Silver Linings Playbook, and I also liked yeah, it was um, good. and I also liked uh, American Hustle. Yeah, me too. I thought that was very good. But you know what movie um, I do struggle with? This one. Yeah, Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Um, I I do like a David O. Russell situation. His movies are very recognizable. I I uh, actually really love the way it's filmed. I love the color palette. You know, I, I do too. love Craft the color work. palette in this movie. John, there was a point when like, okay, you see two characters, which is kind of, it, it's irrelevant. We won't get there. I mean, we'll get there at some point, but they were matching with the background. Everyone in the room matched and the tones were so freaking gorgeous. And I was like, dude, yeah. it's so well thought out. The color palette. Yeah. Is it a gorgeous movie? It, is it, it actually it? is. Yes. It's very gorgeous with gorgeous people, John, gorgeous actors. Literally, the cast in this Everyone's movie. Everyone's very attractive. Here's another trigger. If you guys, we said this before in the description box in one of the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> if you're ugly, this movie is going to make you feel bad about yourself. And it's okay to be ugly, you know? We all are yeah, but at also, some point. But like watching, watching a movie like this is very much like... uh. Like you're just watching really attractive people who are either decent or really good at acting. Um, and, every single one of them has a jawline that could stab you in the neck. Maybe maybe that's David O. Russell's uh, jawlines because I was literally looking at them. Everyone, I'm not joking. Because uh, I was like, God. Just to, yeah, and like just to get in, get more specific, Christian Bale jawline, bone structure, Margot Robbie. 
Marco Robbie. So Christian Bale is not supposed to be attractive in this movie, but still somehow manages to be attractive. Also, if you which is weird. if you fail to recognize, they also have the king of jawlines. Um, oh, why does his name escape me? Oh, Rami R- Malik. Not only just Rami Malik, of course him, because John, that bone structure is insane. But also, um, oh, please help me. He plays a villain in every movie and he's weirdly hot oh, to me. Timothy Oliphant. That's not no. Timothy Oliphant. It's. Um, OK, we are naming people who are in here. Yes, but, but there are so many. I there, could, this could there are go so on many people in this movie. It's actually Is he a villain in this movie. No, he's actually a good person. He plays alongside um, uh, Austin Powers. Whose name also escapes oh, me. Oh, right. Yeah, he does have a crazy, crazy draw, jawline, and I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get it's, to it. Um, I'm going to get to it. Oh, my God. Why can't I remember <laughs> his name? I had his name, too. It is... Someone, please help. Michael Shannon. John, Michael Shannon, I know a lot of people are probably not into him. There's something about him. I think there's a lot of people into Michael Shannon. I'm like, in, I'm into Michael Shannon, and it's weird because... He looks, he honestly looks uh-huh. evil. He never plays anybody who's yes. not a good person. Like either evil or like uh, mentally tortured. But he doesn't play either of those in this. He just plays a person who loves birds and has an amazing jawline. Yes. And That's what we're he's at. Like Basically, tall. this movie should have been called Jawlines, not Amsterdam. Right. Because you do have the people I mentioned, Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington. Uh, who is Denzel Washington's son? Who is fun fact? Very good looking. Everyone like, in here I'm is not very joking. good looking. So incredibly good looking. Yeah, and like I feel like he knows. Of it. Of course he knows it. There's no way he doesn't know it. <laughs> there's like there's a lot of like your dad is uh, Denzel, dude. Sing- like how are like you single, not? Yeah, there's like single shots of him that are just long close-ups, and I'm just like, where? Yeah, he's. Uh, he's very, very attractive. Also, another famous jawline of uh, indie movie fame is Alessandro Nivola. Okay, uh, who? Who plays Detective Hilt? Oh, he's like yes, the yes, wormy yes, detective yes. in this. Yes, uh, Andrea Riseborough, which is the she plays the bitchy wife. I liked her jawline. Anya Taylor Joy, uh, famous full, full face, a famous eyes, famous jawline, famous lips, famous everything. Uh. Also, Chris Rock wasn't looking too bad in this one, which was weird. No, he was looking very good. I'm not. I'm, and I know. Wasn't mad about it. Nope. And uh, made everyone yeah, beautiful course. in this, even with scars. Michael Shannon. I mean, Mike, Mike Myers. No, I don't want you in this movie. <laughs> Taylor Swift. That's weird because I actually <laughs> liked Mike Myers in this movie. <laughs> but I mean, he's just like kind of like that person at the orgy who's like, OK, you can just stay like, here. Oh, well, he's here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quote, you just watch from the corner, just don't engage. Zoe Saldana? Zoe Saldana, another jawline. Rami Malek, jawline. Robert De Niro also has a jawline, maybe not anymore. No, he still does. Even yeah, at, he still works it. Like, like talk about a hot grandpa. Uh, yeah. What, wasn't he in that movie called that? What, or was it grandpa? Bad Grandpa? I'm pretty sure that yeah. was, um, I'm pretty sure that was, what's his, uh, married to Angelina Jolie. At one point, remember, she uh, got no, a Robert De Niro is in a movie sort of called Bad Grandpa. Oh, with, Bad Grandpa, not Bad with Santa. Audrey, and he has a sex scene with, with not he has Bad a sex Santa. Scene 
not bad Santa. My brain Robert immediately De Niro went to like, bad Santa. Which is, yeah, which is an awful place to be. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to take us there. <laughs> yes, you're right. It is bad grandpa. In, Robert, in that movie, Robert De Niro has a sex scene with Aubrey Plaza. Are you for real? Yes. We're not going to go off on a tangent too much on Aubrey Plaza, We're but not I'm excited Google for it. her. We're not going to watch I'm it. I'm excited for her career to blossom because she's in White like Lotus her. right now. And John, all you need is a good role on an HBO show. And I really think that yeah. can help boost you. Um, I think so, too. And she's also she's always been a great she's actress. Very talented. Did you ever watch? It really? I mean, oh, it she always, has a new I movie out we that. should watch. What is it? I can't remember the name, but I'll text you. Okay, we'll figure it out. Something about um, the criminal. Something Emily oh, right, the criminal. Right. Yes, I think that's almost there. Yeah, if not exactly it. Yes. Okay. Um, but yes, she's in. She's she's blossoming into the Hollywood starlet she's been destined to be. I'm happy for her. I hope as a girl from Delaware. Um. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, so this movie's budget was eighty million dollars. That tracked ten million dollars less than it does track. It does track. It looks very good. It's seriously so well done, and honestly, the cast is insane. Yeah, it is considered a flop because it uh, uh did a dismal thirty one million dollars worldwide. Do I know it Yikes. sucks though because like the way they, the way the movie was marketed, it actually looked good. I remember me and Redacted being like, I want to go watch that movie. Problem is, yeah, movies. I don't know what it came out against. Uh, COVID I think it was like an October. Still, people are having a hard time still going to theaters. I don't think a lot of people go. Well, I think for movies like this, for sure. So I haven't been like, to a movie since. I'm not joking. Yeah. And that's one of the things that me and Redacted used to do, just like you. I used to always like go to movies and I have not been. I do not go. Yeah. And it's not that I don't want to. It's just that like. I'm really like tired of too much of a COVID. risk. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think this movie just wasn't drawing the crowds. I just, and I just don't think. Because people didn't know what it was either. I didn't yeah, know what this movie to, was about. It's a hard sell. Like I, if if I'm going to pay money to go see a movie in a movie theater at a time like this, it's going to be like super high action, super high horror. Uh, something escapism. Yes, something that you can literally disappear into, which is why James Cameron's next Avatar movie is going to have every seat full. Yeah, like don't release a movie the same weekend as as Way of the Water. Here's the thing, though, is I and you're not wrong. If you're releasing a movie at the same time as this, you already know that your movie sucks and you're willing to take the hit. Or it's a total opposite of Avatar. Take. Just take your movie out of theater. Let them put Avatar Mm -hmm. in every theater so everyone can see it. And within a week, Mm -hmm. we can watch another movie. Right. Are you going to pay to go see um, Avatar in the movie theater? I still don't know if I'm going to. I have not decided. I do want to watch it. Because those will be jam-packed theaters. And I don't think I'm going to be doing that. And it's going to be in the theater for like three months anyway. They're going to capitalize off this. Yeah. And will it just go on to Disney Plus or something? I don't know. Will it? I don't know. Probably not. Because doesn't he talk about hating streaming services? Isn't he like pretty vocal? They all do. They all do. But it's not his choice. Well, whatever. Uh, You're right. It isn't his choice. Yeah. So anyway, so this stars all those people that we mentioned. And I would say it starts out 
with uh, Christian Bale being like a morphine addict. Is he? Yeah, he talks about there's a lot of like oh yes pills. He's learning how to do like uh, he's learning how to make um, medications for people because he's a doctor. Right, which gets him like disbarred and banned from like the medical society. This takes place in New York City around it's like 19, 1912, 1918-ish, 12. Yeah, yeah you're it right. jumps around a little bit, but it's pre-World War II, and that's the most important you part. You have to understand it's, that this movie does yeah, lead up. It takes place during like the end of World War One, and which was obviously a precursor to World to War II. World War Two, and it, it ravaged the world. It affected literally everyone alive and uh yeah and so christian bale is a veteran and whenever we come into the story and he is a doctor uh who is just trying to help veterans yes that's his whole mission that's his whole point of life and the veterans as everybody should be aware of are largely marginalized and underserved after they go to war and come back uh, it happens now it does happen now it's <laughs> so, still a thing it's all you are as a body and if the government can't yeah. use you anymore they don't right. really care what happens so to you, you come after home, you come home you're injured you're traumatized and there's not a really an infrastructure designed to really help you get on your feet yeah they have like um, thinly it's it yeah, doesn't lame matter. Attempts. Lame it attempts. literally doesn't matter. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so that's a, that's a theme that is relevant today and is throughout this movie. Yep. Because uh, Christian Bale, uh, he is just living his life and he is basically summoned into the situation where by uh, he's called by Taylor Swift. Yes. Taylor Swift and his longtime friend. Um, yeah. Denzel Washington's son. <laughs> uh, Harold Woodman. Yes. Uh, yeah, so Christian Bale's name is Bert. And uh, so Harold and Taylor Swift. Missed opportunity to name Harold Ernie. I know, like Bert and Ernie. Come on. That would be great. Like, why not? I mean, it's based. Have fun. Yeah, why not? It's a movie. Have some fun. So Bert and Harold are <laughs> called yeah. by Taylor Swift. Yes, and they they arrive and they don't know really what's going on, but she is distraught and she tasks them. She wheels out the body of her father. Yeah, who is very blue. Dead. Very, very very blue, too. I'm like, girl. Freshly dead. uh, Yeah, but why was he so gray? Because they suspect foul play. Exactly. So Taylor Swift is like, hey, I'm in this movie and I'm talking now. And you two... You guys worked under him at uh, served under him in the war. You know each other. You're friends. You went through something together Mm -hmm. and you're basically the only people that he would ever trust to do this. So do that. Do an autopsy on him and find the real reason why he died, because the U.S. government wants to put him in the ground as soon as possible. Yes. Also, you have two hours. You have two whole hours. So you better get answers in two hours. You, they say the that so many times. They repeat it several two times. Hours. Two Which hours. Which is how long this movie is. Right. Even while they're like wheeling out this corpse, for Taylor Swift is in the background. <laughs> She's like, two hours, two don't hours. forget. Yes, for real. She said, meet me at Mildred's or whatever the place is called. Millie's? Meekins. Uh, something like something. that. It's like Hilton. Hilton's yeah. And so, so they do. Uh, so we, uh, they take uh, this body uh, to this uh, Undertaker place. 
and Zoe Zaldana's here. Yes. Also, this movie does touch on racial issues. By the way, this was 1918. They still um, very Jim largely did not like black people, which is uh, even though they are in New York City <laughs> and not the South, the Jim Crow ness was very prevalent. Yeah, because the nurse tells them that the black persons cannot be in the um, in the operating this, room, but Zoe Saldana's yeah. character can because she's Portuguese. But she, that's a lie. Yeah, it's a lie so, so that she can do her job. Right, right. So, um, uh, yeah, so she does her job, and they uh, find that he must have been poisoned. Mm-hmm. So... Christian Bale goes to this five o'clock meeting with Taylor Swift at this restaurant. Elizabeth Meekins is her name. Elizabeth Meekins. Honestly, she does look like an Elizabeth Meekins. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty great casting. I could see that. Yeah. For her. Yeah, I really can. Elizabeth Meekins. (laughs) Taylor Meekins. Oh, Elizabeth Swift. Liz Swift. Lizzie Swift. Think about it. Okay, but let's think about the movie now. I am thinking about it. Okay. Um... So would you I, can you do the honors of describing what happens next? Because it is amazing. So what happens next is honestly, this is probably the greatest moment in cinematic history. So um, Bert and Ernie, who also Harold, Bert and Harold walk into a, a bar. This is the beginning of a joke, a very good joke. And Taylor Swift uh, is walking out of the other door. And so they follow her outside and she goes, I can't talk about it. It's dangerous. We can't do this. You need to find um, Tom Vose. Tom Vose can help. That's a name that you guys need to remember. Tom Vose. Tom Vose. Did we remember? They do this in the movie too. They do this. They say it over and over again. Every single time there's a point in this movie that needs to be (laughs) hammered in, they do so. They do it. So Tom Vose. They do it. So Taylor Swift is now standing on a sidewalk and she's like, I can't talk about this. And they're like, wait, what? And so Harold and Bert are like, we think your father's been poisoned. Um, Everything's super fishy. And then out of nowhere, a disembodied (laughs) hand pushes Taylor Swift under a car and her body gets mangled immediately. And you, you can see it. You can actually see her body. You see like the weird. I don't. Yeah. It's a weird angle and it cuts to CGI. Obviously. But the camera follows her from standing up to uh, to being being crushed under a vehicle to being crushed under the vehicle. It is Honestly, that was a good use of CGI because when it happened, I said that is kind of probably how I'd expect a body to look. It's not gory or bloody mess. It's just like crunched bones and 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 then and mangled. And then Bert and Harold are standing on the sidewalk. And guess what? The person who pushed Taylor Swift under that car cries foul. And he says they did it. And then the the pedestrians turn on them very quickly because they because weren't there. A, they act like witnesses. It's a, it's said, a black man. Yep. It's, a, it's a black man and, and a weird looking white. And guy. you have to understand <laughs> that like 1918 and much like today. Yeah. So it's a very similar themes of today. <laughs> Um, so Getting blamed for Taylor, things you didn't do. I thought Taylor Swift's death was amazing. John, it was one of my favorites. It was so great. I was like, I was like, David O. Russell, good on you for doing that to Taylor Swift. 
instead of treating her delicately, like you could have cut away. No, they literally smushed her bones it. up. It was great. That camera just one shot follows her straight down to the ground and underneath the tire. It was so good, John. It was so good. <laughs> and it was actually yeah. done very well, too. I was like, well, good job. And you want to know what I liked about audacity. that? Audacity. Was what? Taylor Swift signed on knowing that was going to happen and was like, yeah, my beautiful green yeah. suit is going to be crushed under. I loved her suit, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, she looked good. She really did look good. Her acting yeah. subpar. And I'm not going to lie. It wasn't. You know, I wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan. I thought and her I feel acting like was very why? subpar for real. I do. I do. I have to agree. And I love Taylor Swift. Love you, girl. Me too. We're gay. It's fine. But I mean. Stick to what you know, friend. Definitely stick to what. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, maybe that's what she's working up to. But I don't I don't understand her. her uh, The trajectory her of her need. acting career. Yeah. Like her need to act in front of the camera. She's I don't quite get it. I think I don't understand the goal there. I do think she has potential. Well, because I mean, look at her. She's freaking tall and gorgeous and she belongs in front of a camera. But she's always crowded by, I think, a long, 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 long time ago. She was in another movie that was crowded. She was crowded around a lot of other A-list celebrities. And she was just like, and there was like Valentine's Day. Yes, I was going to say it is. It's Valentine's Day. And she like played like some weird cheerleader or something at that time. What's it? But like, but she's always playing like very minimal speaking parts. What's crazy but to like, me about this. Let me say this is anytime I see Taylor Swift in something that isn't a music video, it takes me out because she is so huge as a music like you star. Can't get a, yeah. It's like Elvis being in a movie, I, which he was. he was, but I don't see her as anything other than Taylor Swift. I want to. But I also don't think that she's had the chance to really hone her acting skills. And her choices are like very glossy, stylized movies. Like she never looks bad. This one never looks bad, dude, ever. It's I think if she really wanted to go there, she might be really self-aware of her talent. I think she is. And I think that's why she has like minimal. part. I mean, imagine picking a role where you're like, you know what? The best we can do is push this character under a car. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's not going to last long I anyway. I love that. Uh, so, yeah. So, <laughs> but she is crowded by a lot of really good performances in this movie. And I have to hand it to the movie for the good acting and the good performances and the good performances. John, I can't say the, anything, though, acting. about Taylor's acting. I would be about the exact same, if not worse. I don't uh, know how yeah. I would do, especially with this cast, dude. She did a serviceable how job. How do you compare? About- you can't compete. Yeah, it's like like you're she's literally acting along uh, right in front of Christian Bale doing like insane character work. Which, talk and about John a good David job. Washington, who is like the new prestige person actor on the scene. Also incredibly like the, gorgeous. He is so super gorgeous, but also his acting chops his acting's are good. insane. Well, look at his. I mean, look at who his dad is. Well, the, yeah, right, right. He, he grew mean, up with this. He understands. I'm sure he's had the best acting classes. Yeah, and like he's holding his own away from just that comparison. I agree. Being, I totally agree, and I think he has a space all his own. Yeah, so he was in. So obviously, if you guys aren't familiar with John David Washington, he is a prestige actor on the rise. He's getting there. So he was in Tenet, which was the action movie yes. from Christopher Nolan. Yes, yes, yes. I did not watch that. 
Did you watch it? It was convoluted and crazy. I did not follow the logic whatsoever. I didn't watch it. But I appreciated it. It I'm sure it was cool cool looking. Christopher Nolan knows how to make a cool looking film. Yeah. And uh, John David Washington was in this little indie film that like um, I really liked called Beckett. It's on it's on it's like a Netflix movie. I don't think a lot of people saw it, but I really liked it. Well, then I'm going to watch it. Yeah, but he was I think he maybe his his rise to promi- prominence was whenever he did Black Klansman. He was the lead in Black Klansman. Right, 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 right. And then and then he shortly thereafter did also in 2021, he did Malcolm and Marie alongside um, uh, Zendaya. Oh, yeah. So he his career's looking OK. Well, good. I'm happy for him. But oh, let's get yeah. back to this movie. Ooh, yeah. So uh, Taylor Swift is dead. dead. And uh, so uh, Harold, Bert and Harold are suddenly on the They're run. Running. As fugitives. Police are shooting at them. And there is a mob of white people blaming the black guy. Um, yeah. So they take. And off. So where do they go? They go to they go to a strange wife's house. Yes, he has an estranged wife that he is still married to. They are very wealthy and connected in New York City. And he goes to the apartment that he's not allowed in. And he. <laughs> Because it's like hers. But before we and get so like but he, before we get there, we have to understand there's a flashback that happens because he talks about how. Oh, right. Yeah. Take it oh, away. We're going to do this super quick because the flashback is where we are introduced to Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie plays a nurse in the war when the war is happening, when Christian Bale meets. Um, so when Bert meets Harold, OK, Bert meets Harold and they meet them in the regiment where a lot of black people had to wear French uniforms because American soldiers were embarrassed to be seen next to black people. So they were forced to wear not American uniforms, which is real, which would also make you more likely to be shot, which is by an American, yeah, which is nuts. And I'm sure it was yeah. intentional. So uh, the thing with this is like, so that's where they meet. They meet in this regiment and they become super good friends. Margot Robbie's a nurse who takes care of them and Margot Robbie's character, her name is Victor. What is her name? Valerie. Valerie Bose. Hot name alert, dude. Valerie <laughs> Bose. So yeah. um, they she falls in love with um, Harold. Uh, yes. And Bert and Harold and her all become best friends and they make a pact to always be with each other forever. And at this time, they are in Amsterdam. In Amsterdam. Hence the movie name. The, their whole friendship and love story is... It all happens because of Amsterdam. And this is this is the flashback. So everything we talked about before takes place in New York after Amsterdam. So you get to see a little bit yeah. of how they meet Margot Robbie and how she plays into yeah. the story. Right. And it does go on a bit long. It's a little long, but I also kind of enjoyed it because I would love to see everything they did in Amsterdam. I'm sure what they did was fun. We only got a little bit and I kind of like that yeah. story. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I kind of like that story a lot. Yeah, it would have been fun to see right up until they leave, but we don't get that. So it doesn't matter. Anyway, jump back to reality. In 1918. Um, Yeah, so it's yeah. So Christian Bale and uh, Harold, they escape to Christian Bale's um, estranged wife's house. Her name is Beatrice Vandenhuvel, Vandenhuvel, which is a very wealthy name. (laughs) It really does sound wealthy. And. They uh they hole up in there and call Beatrice over and she's like, OK, what's going on? 
you guys are crazy. And then um, Christian Bale's like, so uh, this poor girl just like died and we're being blamed for it. And we need to use your family's connection somehow to to get uh, out of this. Exonerate us. Because we didn't do this, and, but we are being blamed. Right. And so um, who shows up while while they're the there? Police. Uh, two detectives they said you know why we're here and they said we didn't do it and they said well where's the proof and they said we'll get it to you and the police yeah, said and andrew riseborough was like i'm gonna pull my weight over here and actually be a good person and be like if you t- arrest my husband and this and his friend um my 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 dad has a lot of friends in the police force and you guys are gonna lose your jobs and they said yeah. Okay. We want to rest them mind. now, but we're going to give you some time to get all of this info you told us about. So she does, she does show she's a good person for half a second. Yeah. Even though she's a yeah. terrible, terrible she's bitch. Awful. She says, she says some very demeaning things to Christian Bale. And it makes me feel really bad for Christian. Because, Bale. And it also, there are people out there who are exactly like that. Yeah. Like Christian Bale is disfigured. This, he wears a back brace constantly. He wears a back brace because of his injuries from war. He lost an eye, so he has a glass and eye. And his back is full of scars from shrapnel. Yeah, and so she's just sort of like disgusted with and that. She tells and she that's really messed she up. She literally <laughs> tells him to his face. She was like, you used to be so beautiful, and now you're ugly and disgusting. You're scarred and disfigured. Yeah. And she sits there, and I think she gets off on it. She does by like by belittling him. And he sort of does, too. But he's also kind of coming around to the fact that, you know what? She might not be for journey. It is his his journey. journey. And this movie is kind of his journey into becoming someone who likes themselves, which I I do like about. So anyway, they have a chance to now do better uh, or not do better to get evidence that they aren't evidence. Yes. Somebody to vouch for them. And what they do is they try to prove this mist. They try to solve the mysteries as fast as they like, can. Who killed Elizabeth Meekins? Taylor. Yeah, and also Taylor they have to find out who poisoned her father. Yes. So they, they do what they, what she said. She said, go to Vos before she was thrown under a moving vehicle. A beautiful car. Also green, beautiful. just like her suit. Like a beautiful Studebaker. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I don't know Studebakers what it was. Studebakers make so, me think of designing women, just for those of you who don't know oh, that we're right. gay. The, the Studebakers. Studebakers. <laughs> okay, so back to the movie. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yes. And the, um, so anyway, they, they go to Vose's mansion. It's a full-on Tom mansion. Tom Vose. And at this point... You guys don't realize that. Um, what's her name? Margot Robbie. And you Taylor Joe. Oh, right, right, right. Margot Robbie. You don't know that her last name is Vose because she used a fake name in Amsterdam. But whenever they knock on this door, Anya Taylor Joy, the wife, Lizzie Vose, she answers the door and she is not a nice person. No, but she looks incredible. She looks amazing uh, in a red. Honestly, lip. they can never. <sighs> I mean, Anna Taylor Joy could never not look good. I don't think I know. And she's a good actor. She really is great. Honestly, can I tell you that I was listening to everybody who is not American and trying to clock their accents? And I was like, do they it. were doing a really good job. They were doing a very they good have a great job. American Anna Taylor accent. Joy is very good at an American and accent. So is Margot Robbie. 
And so is Margot Robbie. They're great. Usually Margot Robbie is like uh, uh, sort of put into these roles where she has like a New Jersey accent or like yeah, she's good at playing like thing. an Eastern, like an East. And they do that whenever they're like have like a really thick Australian accent or English accent. They're usually cast in like American roles as like someone from the South or which is, New Jersey. Which is really weird by yeah. Jersey, but it makes sense. She does a good job. It's, yeah, it like this guy because like Harley Quinn has that like Brooklyn accent. or she something. She really does. They do. They said yeah. Eastern United States. Here you are. Yeah, she's probably had to work really, really hard for a number of years to really nail a flawless American Well, what's accent. weird is because Anya Taylor-Joy, she doesn't have like a weird. Not, I'm not saying weird. She doesn't have like a. um, What do we want to call it? A regional. It doesn't sound regional. She has like a. Like a basic American accent. Yeah, which is. I th- non-regional dialect. Yes, it's like a non-regional that. dialect, which honestly, which is a regional dialect, which is a regional, because it regional. it's Ohio. But also, that's what they base it on. Ew. Yeah. Are you serious? I am very serious. It's based off of Ohio. I'm sorry. If you guys live in Ohio, I'm so sorry. We're not roasting so you. Sorry. We're not roasting <laughs> yeah, you, but, but like we do. They do it with like newscasters and yes, stuff. They, they, like, they're they train you. They're trained you with a non-regional dialect, and it's based off of Ohio. That is. Which is a region, so it makes it a regional dialect. But in what region is Ohio? Because I don't know where to place Ohio. White is what it is. It's called white. (laughs) Okay, so so. it's called vanilla wafer cookie, like um, white. Uh, True, true. Like like wafer cookie and banana pudding. Yeah, it is American cheese. No flavor vanilla bland. Damn. White bread, white Mm. regional dialect. Anyway, we're back. Taylor Joy answers the answers Answer, the door yes. <laughs> after we she's like, go away, please. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, please go away. And they're like, no, we are like from the church and we want to talk to your husband, who is like a main contributive benefactor to this yeah. church. That's super Christian. And we need to talk to him. We're supposed to be here. And she's like, let me go grab him for you. And they sit up inside the foyer and who burst through a side door than none other than the Margot Robbie, Valerie Vose. The it's been like 12 years since they've all seen each other. Yeah. And so Harold, who's still very much in love with her, is like, what are you doing here? She's also like, what are you doing here? And they're like, let's go talk about what we're all doing here. And they. They debrief each other in a lot of exposition. There's so much dialogue explaining what's happening all throughout the movie. So just get used it's to it. It's pretty witty dialogue. I did enjoy the dialogue. Sure. Yeah. You're like, sure. So this is where John and I have now separated. Um, <laughs> our opinions are divorced. Our, our opinions are divorced. But there is a lot of dialogue in this movie. And it's not just dialogue and witty dialogue. And sure, there's some, but it's mostly to keep the audience abreast of where we are in the story. Yeah. And that's not fun for me because, like, just stop. For me, (laughs) see, and that is where both of us differ because to me, it doesn't bother. I didn't mind. Yeah, true. I didn't mind. You know who had a lot of dialogue, but it wasn't so expositional? Knives Out. John. Knives Out. Knives Out does it good. Knives Out is a fantastic movie. Also, I want to see The Glass Onion. Me too. Is that out? I don't know, but if it is. Oh, it's only in theaters right now. It's coming soon to Netflix. Netflix. We'll do it soon. We'll do it. We'll do it soon. We'll do it. Um, But anyway, um, that's how you do lots of witty, cool dialogue. Um, 
while having main, well, like you're also maintaining a, a distinct, different character voices without being expositional dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This Amsterdam, all of the characters talk the same. They do kind of talk the same. You're right. They do all kind of, and oh, you're kind of right. Oh, you know what? Let's save that until the end. Let's get through this and then okay. we're going to get to it. Anyway, Margot Robbie turns out she is the sister of Vos. Uh, played by Rami Malek and she is here but she's sort of like playing an angle where <clears throat> she's like an invalid quote unquote and she's like playing a character so that they don't like control her or something like that I don't know why she's doing it but to be well, honest they're not they're actually drugging her if you forget oh right they have yeah, actually so. told her she has all these issues but they're giving her drugs to actually ruin her and it's a plot that right. her brother apparently it's hmm it's like a, a behavior yeah. that he has followed through with his own mother, which you find out later. Right. Uh, so Margot Robbie is like has developed a neurological uh, disorder where she's like dropping things, falling. She has vertigo and, all of uh, a sudden. She has seizures all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah. And, and Harold like basically looks to camera as like, you never had that before. He's like, I know, but um, age. Yeah. And they're like, OK, cool. Uh, so they embark on this mission with Margot to solve the problem. And what they do is they um, are they come clean to um, uh, Mar to Rami Malik. They're like, we're not from the church. This is what we're doing. And we're being accused of a murder that we didn't do. And we are being given an opportunity to prove what the crime actually is so that we, we are off the hook. And um, they're like, we need your help. Uh, please help us. How can you help and he's us? Like, I and can't. Then, but, you know, who can? Robert De Niro can. Robert De Niro's character can help you. So go ahead and find him. Yeah. He's, and they're like, we can link you up with him. And we know who he is. They're very close friends. And uh, he is a like he is a like a celebrity general general. Uh, who's very well connected and has served multiple times in multiple wars on three different yeah. continents. He's very well. Like, it's like he can vouch for you and people will just go away and get off. He's your back. a decorated soldier and America loves that shit. Yeah. So they do it. They go to him and uh, to his house and uh, the, the trio, Christian, Margot and John, they all go together and they basically just convince him of the story and he's like, you guys are veterans. And then I mean, they, they are immediately win him over because he's a veteran, too. They have that going. Well, for them. he says, sing me a song. I remember. I'll remember. I need you guys to sing me a song because we met if we did met. And that's truly you in these photographs you've presented with me. I need you to sing for me. And so they sing him a song they made up. And um, he was like, oh, yes, that's the song. And then they're all BFFs. Yeah. And then uh, so it also then this is where things start to go into muddy territory for me, because I was like, what's going on now? Um, where it suddenly becomes this sort of coup plot. Well, there's a subplot in this movie where we have to tell you this all leads up, obviously, to World War Two. Um, what's happening within this movie at this moment is there is like this dark underbelly in the United States of people who are trying to sterilize black people. Um, they're trying to sterilize people that they don't deem worthy, which is something obviously that we all know. It's white supremacy. There's basically white supremacy is starting to happen and a coup is starting to form where they're like, we have to stop this. So that's where we're at. 
Yes, and there's whispers of uh, Hitler. Wisp, and, yes, whispers of Hitler. And there's whispers of uh, of the what was it like Gestapo, the Third, Third Reich, Gestapo, Third Reich. Nazism is on the rise. Yes, um, in Europe, and it's trickling into American Somehow, ideology. Which is so bizarre. It's through the uh, it's through the American elite and through the powerful who are like you know who needs to yeah. die everyone who's poor or like or they're very much like subscribing to societies at this yes. point in American culture where it's like like you had like Illuminati culture you had uh, those things in the early 1900s it was very much like it's click underground society it's base. very clickish but on a and so dark with level that, yeah exactly totally that and so. The it touches on this theme that I uh, believe is accurate, uh, historically accurate, where like uh, these American elitists who do a part of their culture is being in like these brotherhoods and yeah, brotherhoods. Like let's that. not. <laughs> right. And so like they it's just a part of their whole thing. And so they subscribe to um, Nazism as like another way of life like a club uh, yes like, they actually love the idea yeah and it's just like it's it's sort of like that illuminati sort of idea uh what do they call it? oh the freemasons yes freemasons sort of, yeah but and yeah so which we now have people are subscribing people. to nazism we in now america have QAnon, which is another weird one right and they're like i mean ugh. So crazy. It's still happening. We now have. Wait, it never went away. No, it never, it never went, went away. away. It just went under the radar and largely and now it's ignored. Just something so, new. Yeah, so that's how it's happening. And so, um, the Robert De Niro, though he's like an avid American save democracy type. He's a he's and, an apple pie type of guy. He is as right. American as apple pie. Right. So he wisens them up onto what the larger plot is and why um this man was possibly poisoned because he knew too much about this sort of grassroots american nazism bubbling under the surface but he also saw it in europe because remember he died he went to europe and he was poisoned there because he saw what they said atrocious things yes atrocities such as the things that travis just described and uh, and how this could lead to another world war, which they and just so, got out of. Right. And so the Nazism, uh, the thing that Robert De Niro does not want to have happen is there are certain powerful people who say that they are for and protecting uh, veterans of World War One. And so they want to do like a service by putting them into office without an election. So that there's more representation for veterans. And it's this Trojan horse uh, where these people are are like Nazi sympathizers injected into the American government to infiltrate it and to ruin American democracy so that the Nazis during a looming World War Two can overtake America. The shadow that hasn't yet been cast, but is on its way. Yeah, so that's the plot. Did I get that you right? You did get that right. Okay, you got cool. it. It was like nail on the head. Like this whole movie is basically to thwart the World War II earlier on. Yes, yes, and so um, uh, yeah, so they uh, put on this 
a gala a party. They put gala, on a gala and they have the general be the speaker because their speaker, the, Mr. Meek Meekins has been murdered. So now they need someone new and they have this very powerful general now. Who's going to expose the plot. Yep. To everyone in the room, which will then be blasted out into public, into the public and thwart the whole thing, which the whole Nazi agenda is exactly what he does. Which is exactly what he does. But Timothy Oliphant, who was the character nefarious henchman guy who pushed Taylor Swift underneath the 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 wheel of a movie. He car. looks like a McPoyle from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He does look like a McPoyle. He looks just like a McPoyle. <laughs> That's all I could think of. I was like, mm. <laughs> you're like gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Warm <laughs> milk. A McPoyle with a, a yeah, yeah, a McPoyle with a jawline. Everyone so, in this movie. On jawlines galore. Um, so he tries to assassinate this general, but he fails. Uh, Margot Robbie, because Margot Robbie and uh, John David Washington see him like lurking, and so they they fist fight, and they 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 throw him and the gun over the edge, and but their mistake is that they throw him over the ledge and he lands right where the gun is. And then he immediately picks up the gun and starts firing again. <laughs> well, oh no, he tries to, he oh, gets right. off a lot of rounds on the rafters. He tries to, and then he pulls out a knife and people thwart his plan. And then everyone's like, Oh, deep, deep yeah. boop. And they go to the back and they're like, we've solved the mystery. Tom foes, mm-hmm. Anya Taylor, joy, you are terrible people and you were up to this the whole time. This is your plot. And then there's a really, yeah, we're the bad guys. There's a really cool fantasy of Margot Robbie shooting Anya Taylor joy right through the cheek, which I thought was real. And they they continue talking. Yes. And I thought it was (laughs) great. And then it turns out she did not And they're like, you're going to be arrested because you are a Nazi. Yeah. And then, so they arrest, uh, Anya Taylor joy and Rami Malek because they are nasty, terrible Nazis. And, um, uh, yeah. And then so, but they are not. So Margot Robbie and Harold Woodman, they have to go away. Because in the United States, you cannot be in an interracial uh, relationship. It's too dangerous for them. Also, not only for that, but also because. Also, they they have they have broken many laws and ties to these people who probably want them dead now. Right. So it's no longer safe for them to be in America. So they set they are going to go on a ship. They don't say and, where uh, they don't say where, but it can't be Amsterdam because apparently the Gestapo, the, they make they say and they're like, what's Gestapo? And um, Michael Shannon and his jaw is like, you don't want to know, but we do. But Amsterdam, obviously, they have um, some the, things are starting that part of Europe. It's starting is very much not a safe spot ahead of. Right before World War Two, as everybody knows. So they're like, go somewhere else. You have to go somewhere <laughs> so, else and we'll send you elsewhere. Yeah. So but they'll always have Amsterdam in their heart. Yep. Christian um, Bell's character stays because he finds a new love with Zoe Saldana, who is like a side character. But like also she plays kind of a pivotal role in him finding himself. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so he has value. He has self-worth and respect and he's going to start his own life there and see what and roll the dice. And that's the movie, everyone. That's Amsterdam. Uh, Amsterdam. We wrapped it up for you. 
Yeah, but the most important takeaway is that Taylor's you watch Taylor get Swift pushed under get a car. <laughs> thrown underneath a car. Is, it's to her death. I love it. It's really good. It was a good choice. It's a really good scene in this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's honestly really great. They did a good job with it too. It's like not even comical. Yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> But it's sort of funny because like the context is you're watching that happen to Taylor Swift. Well, this movie gave me kind of not that I want her to be hit by well, a car. No, absolutely not. But this movie, I think the reason why, because I think you and I obviously are different pages on how we like this movie. So I guess let's get yeah. into our review. And I'm going to yeah, say well, this. Yeah. This movie kind of reminded me a bit of Burn After Reading in the sense that like it didn't take itself mm. too seriously. It was beautiful. It, I loved. I, I didn't mind. I didn't mind the way that they told me how the story was going to go. That's just, yeah. I thought the cast was great. Taylor did what she could. She died amazingly. Um, I love that yeah. for her. Also, for me, I think out of 10 Taylor Swift's being pushed under a car, I don't know what else to say. I think I want to give it a seven, but only, and I'll say this, I give it a seven. I'm not giving it too high of a rating. I think I give it a C because while yeah. it is beautiful, they do. They do look at the audience as if we're not smart enough to figure it out as we're going. Um, yeah, I could have figured like this every, out. Everything they say is like is is about what the plot the is and how they're going to do it and and whose relationship is to who and what just happened. And not like, only what just happened that you just witnessed. They tell you what just happened, even though you saw it. They also tell you what's going to happen next. Which I don't need to know. Yeah, it's what like, this is now. what we plan to do. So like it's too Scooby Doo for that's me. That's why like, when you were saying earlier, they do tell you everything that does kind of knock some points because I'm like, it's fine. I don't. I'm smart enough to figure this shit out myself. It doesn't automatically make it a zero. Yeah, but it's just bad dialogue. But I did think there were some witty moments in it. I loved the cast. I thought the cast. Mm -hmm. I don't really think they could have picked a better cast. I'm not going to lie. Well, yeah, it's like the your, cast was pretty incredible. It's an A-list cast. But as far as A-list cast go, I will say this. They could have picked other people, and I don't think it would have worked as well as the people in this. True. Because they all seem to have chemistry. Yes, they all seem to have something going on. And there is a lot of character interplay and like scenes with like five characters in a room together. Yes, I thought Christian Bell was great. Sort of, yeah, Anya Taylor-Joy holds her own. Margot Robbie, which great. Is great. So I think Anya Taylor-Joy is like in this part of this sort of the point in her career where she has to sort of like prove that she can do these and things. And she can and she's doing very and well. she's doing it. Yeah. So as and, uh, I will say as far as it's filmed beautifully and yes. the reason another reason why I give it a seven is I started this movie last night and I could have finished it. I wasn't tired enough not to finish it. Yeah. But I also was like, I kind of want to watch some YouTube right now. And so that was me too. I, I did it stopped as well. an hour after immediately after he hits his face on the floor. When he yeah. hits his face on the ground in the office, you're like, pause it. How I, much longer? No, is I, paused this? At, I paused <laughs> it in an hour and I was like, I can finish this before we do the podcast. It, right. That was me too. Like I finished it late last night because I had 44 minutes left to yeah. go, but I was watching it and I was like, I wasn't captivated. I, was like, I wasn't captivated enough. No, me neither. I was like, this is going to go on for 44 more minutes. I just don't want to. I wasn't to. captivated enough. So like, seven, it's not a terrible movie. Yeah. For me, I would say out Maybe of, a six. Um, yeah, well, I would say out of 10 Christian Bale glass. Eyes, oh, true. I forgot. 
I, I, I would give it. I would give it like a five. I'm going to give it a six like and a half. I'm going to take it from my seven. Okay. I'm going to give it a six and a all half. Right. Yeah. Cause although like the themes are compelling, like it's very relevant to today. It's what's going on. It now. is relevant, which is weird. And, and I don't like watching it. Yeah. Whenever you have that mirror held yeah, up, it's like, like, whoa, <laughs> like, yeah, everything's dark and crazy. Um, uh, but I, I do love the, I liked the way everybody performed as well, which saves the movie, I think. But for me, the story, the way the story was told and the structure of it, maybe like there wasn't enough tension, like the attention building. There was never a point where I was like, Ooh, are they going to get this thing done? Because a lot of that is just wasted on a lot of back and forth expositional dialogue about like the history of this and how we got here. The facts of this and the culture surrounding us. Everybody's talking about it. But I'm just like, just tell me what are what's at stake? Because the mystery was to keep that what's at stake suppressed until like the third act, whenever uh, Robert De Niro joins the group and is like, well, this is really what's going on. It was also very anticlimactic in the sense that when he gave his speech, there wasn't a whole lot happening. Not a whole lot happening. There was weird choices in that climax, too, where it's like you had these weird cuts to people singing their national anthems against each other. And then it cut back to it and they were just not talking at all. There was a lot of that going on, um, which is like something that happened in old school cinema, which is a reflection of like contrapunctal editing uh, choices and things. So it's like an homage. I to that, actually but just didn't wasn't really mind that. I, I, that's so weird that you say that, because that was one of the things that I kind of enjoyed yeah. the Germans singing their thing. Or the German or the Nazi sympathizers. They had like a sing off for like two, like a split. God, I actually really liked that <laughs> moment. I'm not going to lie. I love the way it cut. Yeah, because like it's like very subjective and it's like it it's, is. Impressionistic. It's, a, it's a choice that I think some people will love like me. I really loved it. I was like, wait, yeah. that's kind of cool. Everybody else is like, what are we doing right now? <laughs> like we're forcing, we're forcing high, like a high uh, climactic moment. But also, I don't like, know how Margot Robbie got back down to there for her to sing after all of that. That happened before or right. after. I mean, exactly. So nothing really quite makes sense in this movie. And it's just like, uh, like these characters are sort of just like existing to like, uh, like okay, now this part of the plot has to happen, so we're gonna get them there. Like it's it's so weird, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, also the flashback scenes were just like way too long and stuff. Like I wanted to get to like I was pretty on board up until uh they did the first flashback because they were they were setting it up so good, and I'm like, Ooh, okay, cool, we're getting into like Chinatown mystery. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like and then they did show the whole Amsterdam thing. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay. And then by the time we get back, it starts to go into like relationships and exploring like different dynamics there. John, I like the flashback. But like I said before, a different movie. I could see that as a whole movie. Yeah, I really could. I want to I feel know like what it's they like did an homage Amsterdam. to like a Bertolucci film or something like yeah. that. Like it's like a it's very much like a Bertolucci. I'm probably saying that wrong. Like, but like, it's that whole like romance, like three friends, two of them are lovers. Does that not sound like, like an amazing movie though? I want to see their hijinks from when they met when her as a nurse being somebody who forged mm-hmm. her way through life. She literally forged her way through life. Seeing yeah. their hijinks in Amsterdam before it became 
what it yeah. what people know it for. Right. I would love to see what they were up to. Yeah, and that's just like a different movie. It is a different it's movie. It's not this it's not this spy crime. It does kind of feel thriller. like a little bit of a different movie, but that's I was invested <laughs> in that flashback, I'll tell you. Yeah. But I wasn't I wasn't really into it, so it's like a five yeah. for me. I liked it. I'm gonna give it oh, I already said I was gave it a seven, then I gave it a six and a half. Well, you gave it a six and then a six and a half. Well, no, I gave it a seven <laughs> first and I dropped half a point. Yeah, because true, I dropped half a point because I remembered it didn't captivate me enough to watch it all the way but through. But this movie does, to your point though, this movie does try to trick you into making you believe that it's like really, really good because the craftsmanship is so good. It, Costumes, set design, it's actually quite uh, incredible. cinematography, acting is good. Yeah. Um, Six and a half. So for yeah. Me. I would say it boils down to, uh, to no directing was good too. I think the directing was really good. It's just the writing. The direct, it's yeah, just the yeah. core. The core story really just ruined it. And the it. fact that they were able to get all of these people in this movie, it's kind of a testament yeah. to what what the director slash writer. Why is his name escaping me? We all know David, David o. Russell. O. Russell he's what like he can do? Prestige. He, yeah, he's like a prestige guy and has made really great movies. I, you know, I didn't hate this movie. I recommend if you haven't watched it. Yeah. You know what it is? It's a background movie, Travis. Right. It's a, it's it like in a the Christmas Eve, Christmas Day movie where you have other things going on, but everybody's sort of tired from waking up early to open presents and like you had lunch and everything and it's evening time and just put it on to watch some really beautiful jawlines. Honestly, it's not a bad movie. It's not a perfect yeah. movie, but it is to me personally. I thought it was fun, but I also watched it in two parts. So, to, yeah, so I didn't think it was very fun. I thought it was. Yeah. But that's OK, because we are quite droll. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, but anyway, the critics consensus here. So the critics uh, on Rotten Tomatoes gave it 33 percent. They did? Damn, yeah. dude, I'm way off on this like one. It. I'm off. They did not. Well, you're more along with the audience, which was 62 percent. Oh, OK, so score. I was close enough for them. I, I mean, it tugged <clears> for me. It worked for me. Yeah. Well, I can see how it can work for it people. worked for me in the sense that like. And you say great. It. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so the critics consensus says Amsterdam has a bunch of big stars and a very busy plot, all of which amounts to painfully less than the sum of its dazzling parts. I, yeah, it's not it's not wrong. It's dazzling. It's not. It has dazzling parts. It really does have dazzling parts. Yeah. Uh, and the audience says Amsterdam can be hard to follow, but the cast makes it easy to watch. And the story has some interesting messages. If you're paying attention, honestly, that's me. I am the audience this time also around. Accurate. John, I'm the yeah. audience this time around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I thought the plot was going to be a lot harder to explain than it was, but it's actually oh no. not hard at all. It's not convoluted, which why did they have to? bury so much into also, it. Also, the, the person who really solves the problem isn't the protagonist at all. It's not Christian Bale because he's fucking high during the whole con the whole climax. It's Mike Myers. Yeah, it's Mike Myers and Michael Shannon. And Michael Shannon. <laughs> who, but and they're like they 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 solve it off screen by the way. What's weird is though they're like, hey can you come back into this room where some people are in trouble? We gotta explain to you what's well, going what's on. What's crazy to me too is like these two characters who are kind of like, you know, they love birds and they for somehow they make dodos go extinct, which I think is kind of a funny side story. <laughs> um, and the yeah. way they explain it. I would watch that honestly, comedy. I would watch that comedy. The way they explain <laughs> it away like they're a 
each bird. They knew the whole time. So all of this could have been avoided. They knew the whole time. All they had to do was arrest these people. They had to put all the people into the same situation. They had to put it into motion. Which is yeah. They had to bring it out into the open. Essentially, I'm still giving it. And also, they're and also they're spies, so they couldn't do it themselves. No, they can't. They have to have other people do the work, and then they can do the end. Yeah, here's a top critic who gave it a splat, a rotten tomato. Uh, So it takes well over an hour before Amsterdam decides what it wants to be. And by that time, viewers may be exasperated by the film's quirkiness and exhausted by its meandering, unfocused storyline. That's me. That's John right there. That's me. John sits with the critics on this one. I sit with the audience because I like the quirkiness and it didn't. But like I said, I did watch it in parts, so I didn't. You didn't hold your attention. You stopped at the hour. I stopped at an hour because I knew I had time in the morning to finish it before we did this. And I was like, you just couldn't. I'm going to go watch YouTube before I fall asleep. Right. Exactly. I need to get I want to spend this extra hour not on a. I mean, you guys can all take that for what it is. I did split this into parts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, like gorgeous jawlines, gorgeously filmed. Yeah. Uh, stream it now on HBO Max or wherever you can um, find it. Quite honestly, it yeah, might not be on HBO Max for, for you. Don't don't pay for it. No, which sucks to say, but you know what? Don't don't pay for it. That's it. Like, I think we did an OK job, especially on a movie that I had so a lot too. going on. But also, John, it really had not a lot going on. They just made it seem like it mm. did. Yeah, it just goes all over the place. But I enjoyed talking about it with yeah, you. Yeah, me as well. It's always a good time. Mean Girls Interrupted. It's my favorite time of the week. Me too. I mean, I am a Mean Girl Interrupted. I am also one of those. And our listeners, you guys can decide whether you are or not. Um, and you can decide whether or not you want a, a t-shirt merch that says, I am a Mean Girl Interrupted on the front. And by by emailing us at meangirlsinterrupted at gmail.com. Because we can do that. No joke. I actually can make that happen. Yeah, we'll do it on demand. And we'll charge you an arm and a leg and maybe even an eyeball. Uh, with the way, Just that was a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie features a character with the glass eye. Which, it's a very convincing glass eye. It was good. I was thinking that maybe even sometimes they weren't even putting a glass eye on there. John, it's hard to say. uh, yeah well at that uh like comment rate review follow us make sure you're on our you subscribe to us maybe on apple podcasts follow us on there so that you get the alerts for new episodes otherwise you won't and uh, we just love you guys so much for listening Uh, even if you aren't subscribed thank you for listening but please subscribe and i guess with that that's it that's this episode. That's the episode. So everyone, we're going to have to see you at the movies. Roll the credits. Yes. Studebaker car smashing Taylor Swift. Um, who plays Elizabeth Meekins. Yeah. yeah. Green suit. <laughs> Sorry. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>